Chapter 2. Lay the Foundation. Determine your mission. Have you ever been confused about an organization's mission or vision? Do you ever read them and think they sound the same? Or do you ever find their language so highfalutin that you immediately forget them? These are all examples of mission and vision gone bad. Don't throw them out entirely just yet. Let's work through the example of how Zappos uses mission and vision so you can decide for yourself whether it's a tool you want to use. What is a mission? The mission is the purpose, and it never changes. The mission answers the question, why are we coming to work every day? The Zappos mission is to live and deliver wow. Notice that it's simple, powerful, easy to remember, and invokes an emotion. Also notice that it addresses both the inside of the company, the employees, and the outside of the company, the customers. Most missions only involve the customers, or people being served. But this is a terrible notion. Without taking care of your people, who will deliver? In order to take care of others, you must take care of yourself. That is why your own team's needs, not wants, but needs, come before the customers. Let's use another example. Consider a nonprofit whose mission is to address poverty. Let's say their mission is fight hunger. Do you see the issue here? It does not care for the people who are actually doing the fighting. And secondly, the word fight itself creates emotions of difficulty, danger, and violence. Now consider if they change it to feed the world and feed our souls. In this new mission, the active verb is positive and evokes the emotion of taking care of people. It also addresses the idea of supporting the growth and advancement of the people doing the serving. This is an organization built to last because it will consistently retain its people instead of their quote-unquote fighting, eventually tiring them out or scaring them off. Does this make sense? How to know your real mission. Here is the key question you can ask to get to your real mission beyond the plaque on the wall. What business are you really in? Listen to that again. What business are you really in? Zappos realized early on that it was not in the business of selling shoes. It all started with an obstacle, a limitation. Take yourself back to the late 90s, when people were hesitant to put their credit cards online to buy books, let alone shoes. Zappos had a major objection to contend with without the money to get known the way all the dot-com companies did at the time, through TV advertising. Instead of competing, Zappos decided to play a different game. All the money that would have been spent on marketing was poured into the customer experience. This included faster shipping, more customer service agents, longer call times, anything to make it something worth telling people about. No one knew if it would work, but at least it was a game they had a chance at winning. Zappos not only had an early challenge acquiring customers, it had one with vendors as well. Since it was a new company, most big shoe brands would not sell to it. And this was in an industry in which brands were known for courting distributors. The company turned this obstacle into a great advantage. In creating a culture of service, they treated their vendors like gold too. Vendors were, and still are, considered the lifeline of the company. So Zappos always picks up the check, picks them up from the airport, helps them with their gear, even throws a huge end-of-the-year party for them. 
Through these challenges, Zappos discovered that service was its mission. And great service quickly led to product expansion, from shoes to clothing, accessories, handbags, and housewares, and then to consulting and training through Zappos Insights. So rather than thinking about a mission statement, consider these questions. What game are you playing? What business are you really in? What business do you need to be in? Write down a few ideas. Do it now. And consider this. As you drive home tonight or to work tomorrow morning, don't turn on the radio and fill your mind with irrelevant news or music that gets stuck in your head or make calls you don't have to make. Let these questions above and others as you continue to read fill your head instead. And I know this is strange, but just let them be there in silence. As your ideas come to you, don't write them down until you arrive. Keep thinking about them over and over. Add new ones and then go back to thinking about the old ones. They will build on each other and gradually become clearer. It's easy to want to rush this process and reveal your newly created mission statement, but if a mission statement is answering the question, why am I going to work every day, isn't it worth significant time and consideration to come to a truthful answer? Create your vision. The vision, while imagined, is meant to become very real. It may sound lofty, but it should be realized in two to five years. This is a time frame that your people can envision. It's enough time to accomplish something big, but not so far ahead that people might consider big career changes. Let me give you the examples from Zappos, and then we'll break down exactly how it's done. Vision one, biggest shoe store in the world. Done. Vision two, best service in the world. Done. Vision three, best place to work. Top 10 by 2010. Notice a few qualities about each of these visions. Achieved or achievable in two to five years. Builds on and uses the resources acquired through the last vision. Short, simple, easy to remember. No long, indecipherable pages. And inspiring. Here are a few criteria for a great vision. Serves the mission or purpose. There's a verifiable way to achieve it. Creates a larger context for the day-to-day -day work. People see themselves in the larger story. Builds on itself. Past visions actually continue and evolve. Creates a sense of drama through the unknown, meaning we could fail, but that's what makes it interesting. Inspires every level of employee. Makes even the most menial task worthy of excellence. Here is a simple question you can ask to get to your vision. What would we do if we could do the impossible? Keep in mind, not everyone will love it or even get it, but focus on those who do. Establish your values. Now we are getting to the good stuff. What's most important is the organization's values. Why? Because they are already operating and running the show. You just don't know it. If you were to walk into any organization and then shrink and grow wings to become a fly on the wall, you would soon learn what it values by simply observing how people talk, what they spend their time doing, what gets covered in meetings, and most importantly, what is considered of higher importance than anything else. For example, you can tell if a company values efficiency over service or profits over people. Values are the DNA of any organization, and the good news is that they can be hacked. They can be re-engineered 
to create the outcome and experience you desire within your organization. As we did with culture, let's start by looking at the meaning of the word itself. This is a great habit because, as we've said, language creates culture. While the main definition we are using is the last in this upcoming list, the other definitions come into play. Value, noun, values, plural. One, the regard that something is held to deserve, the importance or preciousness of something. Two, the worth of something compared to the price paid or asked for it. Three, the usefulness of something considered in respect of a particular purpose. Four, the relative rank, importance, or power of a playing card, chess piece, etc., according to the rules of the game. Five, a person's principles or standards of behavior, one's judgment of what is important in life. Why values are valuable. Now let's go meta. First, let's discuss the value of values. You may already be convinced that core values are important, but that will not be enough to go through the process of discovering core values, conveying your passion to others, and ultimately aligning the entire company around them. This introduction has been created to arm you with the inspiration and the reasoning for either starting the core values process or simply reinforcing what you've already created. Why create core values? One, values make the decisions. Values provide a decision-making framework. There are many ways to reach any goal, but the values prescribe what is acceptable versus unacceptable. The result is that the values themselves start to manage people because they mark boundaries. These boundaries create a container in which self-organization is possible. Without boundaries, or with unclear boundaries, any decision can be justified. Chaos ensues and a high level of policing is then required to maintain order. Without core values, there is no solid structure for decision-making. Without this framework, people resort to likes and dislikes, gut feelings, or even worse, decisions are made out of fear of getting it wrong. The core values provide a set of guidelines that help people make decisions. When boundaries are clear, it's easy for anyone to take responsibility and say, wait, that's not right. The organization, in a sense, becomes a healthy immune system that will automatically eject something or someone that is a threat to the health of the overall system. The reason this works is due to a concept that Dan Mezek, author of The Culture Game, calls loose constraints with high integrity. This means that the value itself is not prescribed with exact behaviors. That said, everyone understands what it means and that the organization is willing to let go of any person who does not adhere to the values. Values are the key ingredient to building an organization that lasts beyond its visionary, charismatic founder. Values outlive goals, trends, strategies, and even people. When the values are truly unique to the organization and they are followed with strict integrity, the outside world must adjust to the organization. Yes, you heard that correctly. I will repeat it to make sure you get this. If your values are unique to you and you adhere to them with no compromise, then you will be shaping your world and the rest of the world will have to deal with you. Here's how that worked for Zappos. The company committed to such a high level of service that even in the face of drastically lower profits, the service level was the priority. And now, as a result, many online retailers have changed their policies, such as providing free shipping and direct phone service, because consumers now demand it. Two, 
Values create a self-managed organization. Values mean leadership is distributed. When you hire people with similar core values, you bring people who already resonate with the culture, and they naturally have the behaviors and attitudes, and thus actions, that ultimately drive results. When the values, boundaries, are clear, it's easy to see who is the right fit in the organization and who is not. They attract the right people and repel the wrong people, and that includes customers. Three, values create the experience you want. All business today is about creating experiences. Why? Because we are all in the business of communication. Almost your whole day is spent on email, phone calls, meetings, reading, writing, researching, presenting, selling. These are all forms of communication which is based on relationships, and we pick our relationships based on the experiences we want to have with people. By committing to core values, we are committing to the experience that drives results, rather than to the results themselves. Four, values outlive goals, trends, and people. People have asked if the Zappos culture would survive if CEO Tony Shea was not there. Did Disney survive without Walt? Disney's values, in order of priority, are safety, show, courtesy, and efficiency. They pass the culture onward. However, history is filled with companies who had great leaders, but once the leaders left, the companies failed. Creating a culture that lasts means developing a system that transcends all leaders. A system based on solid core values can continue indefinitely. Leadership comes and goes. Why does setting values work so well? It's the concept of loose constraints with high integrity. Loose constraints means they can be interpreted. People have different views of them, which creates diversity that keeps the organization strong and adaptive. So what keeps it from going into chaos? How does it stay resilient but faithful to the original intentions of the core values? This is done by setting expectations of high integrity around the values so that everyone knows how serious the company is about them. Let's see the examples of loose constraints and high integrity. Loose constraints. Very few rules instead of large rule books. Open to interpretation. Assumes people are adults and need inspiration rather than micromanagement. High integrity. Higher by values and fire by values. Value integrity is treated as greater in importance than performance factors. Small violations are taken through a warning process. Large violations lead to immediate termination. Values are at play whether you realize it or not. We are always acting in accordance with what we value. We simply may not be conscious of it. For example, someone may say they value their health, but eat terribly. What is actually true is they value freedom and the ability to do whatever they want more than they value their health. In Zappos customer service, team members will occasionally make policy exceptions to enhance the customer experience. This does not mean that the team members do not value the policies, but they can't predict every situation, and the value, deliver wow through service, may require breaking a policy and having management potentially reevaluated. The true test of values. Here's the test for whether a company is really living by its values. A, leadership lives them, and it's obvious. B, the company hires by them and fires by them. C, the values are used as decision-making criteria. This last one means that an employee can challenge any decision-maker, regardless of position, 
if they believe a decision is in violation of one of the values. In fact, if they do not object, then it is harmful to the culture, so they must actually be encouraged. The Magic Formula Here is the formula to turn values into action. 1. Set a standard. Standard equals value plus unwillingness to compromise. 2. Make a bold promise, both to your customers and to your people. 3. Deliver on that promise regardless of market conditions. This is the simple process to create a world-changing organization that no one would ever want to leave, and customers are willing to pay a higher price for a standard they can count on. An example from the Zappos story, when the company decided to value service, it set the standard as wow. This meant not just good or even great service, it had to be something so incredible that people were shocked by it. The bold promise, very revolutionary at the time, was to ship shoes the very next day. However, to deliver on that promise, the company had to control the entire process of getting boxes to UPS. This was impossible for the brands that would only ship out on behalf of Zappos. So there was a choice. Keep the selection broad, with many brands, or cut those brands along with the revenue, and only work with those companies that would allow Zappos to control the customer experience. The company dropped 25% of their brands in one day, and it produced a drastic reduction in revenue. Many said that it made no economic sense. But in the long run, the brand changed the service standards for all e-commerce companies. But most importantly, customers loved it, and Zappos became the biggest shoe store in the world. Before you can determine your bold promise and deliver on it, first you need to know your values. Let's get into the process of how to do that. First, you want to make sure you're focused on clear values over vague values. Types of values. In working with companies on their values and analyzing the values of very successful companies, I found a metastructure to the types of values they use. 1. Key differentiator values. These are values that distinguish the company from any other and also helps them lead the field. For Zappos, it's the wow service and the weirdness to its culture. For Apple, it's design and excellence. For Google, it's the top academic performance in engineering. 2. Supporting values. These are the values that are supportive of the vision and the key differentiator. They include learning, growth, and others that are not directly connected to the business model. 3. Experience values. These are the values that guide what kind of experience a company would like to have regardless of the state of the business. They can include adventure, fun, etc. Uber values. These are the values that must be present, otherwise the other values will not work. They include integrity, because what good is any other standard if a person has no integrity? Willingness, because anything forced will ultimately not work. And relevance, if people cannot see why a value, goal, or assignment is relevant, it will be dismissed. 5. Defensive values. These are values that people include because they are actually defending against something else. When people include respect as a value, it's often to try to prevent terrible experiences that have happened in the past. Also, honesty without context or the why is a defensive value. I recommend thinking about these and making sure the wording you use is very proactive instead of defensive. Clear values versus vague values. Not all values are created equal. Some are stronger than others. We will get into the exact process for how you can create values, but first, let's think about this at a higher level. 
Why does the plaque on the wall with values such as honesty, integrity, and teamwork seem to do absolutely nothing at all? Where do I even begin? First, these words can mean so many different things to different people. The word honesty, to some, will simply convey that leadership is concerned that people are stealing from the company. Also, is honesty always good? If I go around the company telling people what I really feel, will that create a great environment? No. You can easily ruin someone's day just by being honest with no care or consideration. Without more context, this is an example of a weak value. Let's take a look at the way Zappos deals with the value of honesty. The specific value is build open and honest relationships through communication. Notice a few things about this. First, the priority in the statement is the relationship. Everything in this sentence is there to support people's relationships. Second, it's not one word. It's a complete sentence that clearly articulates the purpose of the value. Lastly, it starts with a verb, meaning it's actionable. And, I'm giving you a preview of what's to come, what you don't see is A. Document the core values to explain what they mean. B. Examples of the company's history of living them. C. Stories from individuals given to every training class explaining how the particular core value changed their lives. But as I said, we're getting ahead of ourselves because first we need to understand values at a mechanical level. Before we get into the exact technique for how to create them, consider the following questions. What causes the value and what beliefs are necessary? What will happen if we do this or do not do this? Consequences. How will we know that the value is in action? Evidence. Optimize your values. Optimization in a culture is all about selecting the value that leads the other values. To continue with an architecture metaphor, a building structure is designed differently for a small business, a large business, a private family, a social family, a sports family, etc. In that same way, building a culture should have a focus. This is what we call optimization. You can tell what a culture is truly optimized for by having someone visit for a day and then having them complete the sentence. The people here are really all about blank. So for example, Zappos is optimized on service. To learn more about the full list, just Google Zappos core values. It goes throughout every aspect of the organization. Apple is optimized on excellence. Google is optimized on engineering. Any optimization does come with its trade-offs, though. A high-service organization requires a lot of energy, as well as a very social and outgoing group. If you're shy and unsocial, you won't do well there. Apple's culture of excellence will not be very nice for someone who likes to lead a relaxed lifestyle. The first sign of this you might see may be when you walk into the office and someone is talking about how they worked over the weekend. Here are a few more effects of optimization to consider. A culture optimized for collaboration will have slower response times and less targeted efforts. A culture optimized for discipline will not have a lot of hugging, peace-loving hippies. A culture optimized for self-management will require a lot of meeting time to keep people informed of the information they need to know to do their jobs. You may even notice that values in your own life are probably already optimized. For example, my life is optimized for learning successful models of mindsets and behaviors, putting them into action, and training others to do this as well. Another person's life may be centered on providing as a mother. 
It seems that more and more of the most successful organizations are focused on organizational learning. As the rate of change increases, the learning organizations will be the quickest to respond. The mindset model. So why put such a big focus on values? Because they are at the center of all change. The experiences we have create our beliefs about how the world works. From what we know about how the world works, we determine our values. Our values guide our behavior and actions, which thus create the results. Simply looking at results, actions, and behaviors will not create lasting change because they are driven by underlying values. Values are created after an experience that programs our beliefs, which then informs our values. Beliefs are the bridge between assumptions and results. We believe that if we do X, then we will get Y result. And we learn this through our own experiences with past bosses, as customers of other businesses, and even our own parenting or childhood. These are what inform our values, and they can rarely be changed unless through a powerful experience. This is why the attraction process you will read about is all about pulling in people who share your values. Once those values are set, the behaviors and actions create new results that lead to an experience of the values in action that further solidifies and reinforces the values. The Core Value Discovery Formula Now keep this in mind. Discovering and creating values is not something that gets done and wrapped up in a weekend. Why? Because the idea is that you're going to commit to these values for life. The Zappos core values have never changed. Think about it like dating. If you're serious, you're not going to get married after one date. The values need to be mulled over. Play around with them. Socialize with them. Test them against real situations and people. 1. Commit to running a core values-based company. The first step is vital. This is the commitment to running the company to a standard that goes beyond goals, people, investors, and profits. This is about committing to a structure that will take your organization from good to great. This is about making decisions for the long term, even when they may be painful in the short term, even resulting in losses. The benefit is having an organization that almost runs itself. Are you willing to commit to running a core values-based company? Two, determine your personal values. It can be surprisingly hard, but it's important to know what you as a leader consider most important. Your own core values do not have to be the same as the company's, but they must be in alignment. There's a simple way to do it, though to be thorough, it takes an investment in time. Think about your best moments in life. As you look at those experiences, ask yourself, what values were present? Now, think about your worst moments. What values were absent? Think about movie scenes where you were moved to tears or chills. What values were present there? Three, determine key people's personal values. Think about the people who fully embody the culture you desire. Think about the values they embody, and also ask them what they believe their values are. Four, combine the discovered values. Notice the trends. See what words can be combined. Come up with a list of 30 or less. Five, test the values. Ask managers to see if those values are in alignment with those of their best employees or ex-employees. Six, test your commitment. Are you willing to hire and fire based on whether an employee fits these core values? Would you hire a culture non-fit for a short-term gain? 7. 
send the list to the entire company and ask for feedback. And don't use a committee to make the final decision. Committees and groups are great for ideas and feedback, but when it comes to making a decision, it's on the leaders. Also remember, you can't make everyone happy. When Zappos chose create fun and a little weirdness, it actually turned off many people, and some left as a result. So when you have a finished set, think about what delivery method will be most impactful and persuasive, whether it is an email or a company-wide meeting. 8. Change the list to uniquely worded values. When creating unique values, try to make them statements instead of just single words. For example, deliver wow through service and build a positive team and family spirit. Take the words that you've chosen and write down what they mean to you. Choose words that would inspire you to get up every morning. Start with verbs so that you can put them into action. Limit the total to 10 or less. 9. Roll out the values to the entire company. Making the big announcement about your new values is crucial. There are many ways you can disseminate information, whether it is through emails, individual team meetings, or a company quarterly meeting. The point is that you should be showing a public commitment, and not just once, but often, on an ongoing basis. 10. Integrate the core values into everything you do. Take a look at your processes one by one to see how you can integrate your core values. But don't take this on alone. Remember, co-creation is the core of culture development. Crowdsource this step of the process so that each department comes up with ideas. Don't try to do it all at once. It's not a race, and you don't want to overwhelm your teams. If you think it is going to be difficult to implement change, start small. We'll cover more on integration in the next sections. To summarize, the why is the mission. The what is the vision. The how are the values. Aligning the core values. Here are the general principles for aligning your core values. Since there are so many specific ways to do this, you can listen to the techniques in the Culture Toolkit chapter. Share them. Culture is expressed and transmitted by language. Start talking about your core values on a regular basis. Include them in company updates, meetings, emails, and side conversations. Consider starting a blog about them. It will keep you very accountable. Get them into every touch point with your employees and customers. Create feedback mechanisms. Without feedback, everything is a one-way message. Make sure you have ways for people to provide open and honest communication. Open up channels for people to ask questions and provide ideas. Then transmit the feedback back to the company. Communicate what action is being taken and open up opportunities for volunteers to step in. Teach them. One of the fastest ways to learn is to teach someone else to understand or do something. Consider how you can educate others about what you're learning about your values and culture. It can be as simple as brown bag lunches with coworkers. If you help others to understand what you're learning, it will resonate with you at a much deeper level. Empower departments and subcultures. As a leader, it's not your job to change the culture. It's your job to articulate the vision and values clearly, select the right people, and then empower them to do what they do best. Now that you have your core values, let the departments run with them. Challenge them to think about each value in relation to every one of their processes. Teams and departments will have different styles, which is fantastic as long as they all agree on the core values. Let them each do things differently so they can express their passions. Evaluate them. 
How can values be the criteria by which you evaluate the success of your people? When in doubt, start a conversation. As a leader, one of your growth areas will always be empowering others. In fact, the best leaders often have a lot of free time because great decisions and great hires are not correlated with an 80-hour work week. So if you find yourself with some spare time or blocked or frustrated, simply start a conversation. It's best to do it in a triad because you'll build the relationship between two other people. Allow yourself to be surprised with the wisdom that comes as a result, as long as you are clear on your vision and your commitment to the core values. Here's an example of how to keep the values alive and reduce your management headaches at the same time. Let's say that you're concerned about the spending activity of a person or department, and you have the core value, do more with less. The temptation in the moment is to simply be critical or go for an interrogation. For example, why are you spending money on this? Are you really being efficient? But the emotions that you will trigger will be fear and resentment. Yes, you'll get an answer, but you'll disrupt all the great work you did to establish a strong culture. Instead, let the value itself become the trigger, which will bring back all those stories, as well as the great times they had through training. That way, it's not about personal dislikes or politics. It's about the values to which all are committed. So you could say, I'd like to talk about how we can do more with less on the recent spending. This is something you have both signed on to do, so your people should be willing and able to have such a conversation. Or you can put the work on them and offer it as a question. What is your approach to doing more with less? The Immersion Navigating the Core Pitfalls If you're having any problems rolling out the core values, you can diagnose it back to one or several of these reasons. One, commitment. Are you fully committed? Is your team fully committed? Have they sworn an oath or signed a contract? How can you be sure everyone is fully committed? Two, clarification. Is it clear what the values are and what they mean? Have you written out a document with examples, stories, and specifications of what it means to live out these values? Three, communication. Does everyone really know what they are? Have they been discussed in smaller groups? Have they read the documentation? Consider a fun way to have people start talking about them and conjuring up ideas on how to apply them. Four, conversation. Are people using them in everyday conversation? Are you? Practice speaking from the place of the values. Use them in key decision-making processes. Bring them up at the beginning of meetings as a way to focus the conversation. Play games based on memorizing the values. The true values test. It all comes down to this. Are you willing to fire someone who does not fit the values despite their performance? You know you are truly committed when you are willing to hire and fire by the values of the company. This means that if someone is a great performer, but they do not meet every value, then you must not bring them on board. And if they violate a core value, you must be willing to terminate their employment immediately. This is what separates the followers from the leaders. Most managers can't stand to lose a star performer, but if that person is toxic to the culture, then they can ultimately bring down the company. It takes years to build up a reputation. It takes only one bad move to completely ruin it. <laughs>